Welcome to The Well Woman Show. Each episode is a transformational journey using mindfulness, feminism, leadership, and strategy. Generate wealth and impact your community. For me, being outside in motion, being an athlete, being a writer, being a mother are all like it's this convergence Mm -hmm. and they all come together so that when I'm writing, it's not separate from my living. Like I'm writing my life as a athlete and a mother and a writer. And um, so that feels really good. There's, There's really no gap between the life I'm living and the life I'm writing about. And now, here's your host, feminist thought leader, London School of Economics grad, leadership consultant, and transformational coach, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, gorgeous well women. On the show this week, I talked to Katie Arnold, marathon runner, mother, and writer. She wrote the book Running Home, a memoir. Katie created and launched the popular Raising Rippers column about bringing up adventurous kids, which appears monthly on Outside Online and has grown to be one of the site's most popular blogs. On the show, we talk about how running helped Katie cope with grief, how Katie integrates being a mom, a runner, and a writer, and how to embrace all the different roles in your life. I really enjoyed this book and and the interview. It, it really brought together a lot of what we talk about on the Well Woman Show, which is, you know, really embracing who we are and coming home to who we are, and embracing all of the all of the pieces of ourselves. Right, the good, the bad, <laughs> the difficult, um, the good times, the bad times. So. I loved this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Um, All the information shared today can be found at the show notes at wellwomanlife.com slash 193 show. You can also continue the conversation with us in the Well Woman Life community group at wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook. The Well Woman Show is thankful for support from Natural Awakenings Magazine in New Mexico and High Desert Yoga in Albuquerque. I'm speaking with Katie Arnold today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. It's so good to have you here. And Katie, I want to start by just asking you to share with listeners, who are you in the world today? Oh, gosh. Okay. I am a writer. I've written um, my new book is called Running Home. It's a memoir about how I got into long distance ultra running after my father passed away. So um I'm an an author and an athlete. I'm a mother. Um, I am a journalist. I've worked for Outside Magazine for 25 years, and I write for other publications like the New York Times as well. Okay, and let's talk a little bit about your book and and you as a writer and an Mm -hmm. athlete. What are you working on that really impacts women's lives and well-being? I think that um, my work at Outside, I started the column called Raising Rippers, which is about bringing up adventurous kids. And that um, the message there has from the beginning, because I started it when my daughters were babies, is that um, not only can you get your kids outside and active from a very young age, but how important that is for them, but also for you as a mother. And to really be active outside, it's so healthy for us. And so I think that's one of the biggest areas where I am, you know, writing for women. I think a lot of people think that when you have kids, like everything has to end, all the good stuff and all the things that you did to take care of yourself. And my message is not only 
should it keep going, but you can actually be, you know, more successful and more committed than ever to, to your life yeah, as and, a healthy and, person. And you can thrive. And that's what mm-hmm. really this show is all about, right? It's like how, you know, how can we actually integrate our work and our home life and our community life and everything and thrive? Yes, definitely. And, and define that for ourselves. Right. And I think that it helps when you are clear on your values as a as a person and in the world and as a mother and 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 then things can really start to align for me being outside in motion being an athlete being a writer being a mother are all like it's this convergence mm-hmm. and they all come together so that when i'm writing it's not separate from my living like i'm writing my life as a athlete and a mother and a writer and um, so that feels really good there's there's really no gap between the life i'm living and the life i'm writing about yeah that's a really great point because we talk a lot about that on the show about aligning our values and having that align with our words and our actions, yeah. right? Like how how do we really want to live and how do we live that in what we say or write in your case and in what we do? Because really that those are the things that we have, right? Like right. we don't have much, like it, it's our actions and our words right. written or spoken. So I love that. And I want to pick up on something you talked about in terms of your column, Raising Rippers. Mm-hmm. You talked about getting outside and how important that is. Can you just give some examples of like some tips for like people who aren't doing much of that. I mean, there's a lot of screen time. There's a lot of indoor time. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fear around being outside. I think so. I think so. I think um, my biggest tip would just to be to start where you are. And um, it does not have to be extreme. I mean, I'm a long distance runner. I run, you know, in the mountains alone in remote places. But I'm talking about just getting outside and having a relationship with your home environment. So that's just out your door. Could be your backyard, go for a walk in your neighborhood. If there's a local trail nearby, go for a walk on the trail. It's just about a relationship with your environment and mm-hmm. and starting to have that on a ideally a daily basis. Okay, and then taking that to the next level, I know you uh, re- from reading about you and talking to you, you and your husband sort of made a commitment to uh, raising adventurous mm-hmm. children. Yes. What does that mean, and how do you go from just kind of like starting where you are and going outside to like raising adventurous children? Well, we have always been really into the outdoors. So long before. We had kids. We would do lots of wilderness trips on rivers and in the backcountry on skis. So it was a natural evolution for us. So we weren't starting from scratch. But I think for anyone who is raising kids and is trying to figure out how to get them outside and off the screens, it's just baby steps in the beginning. And it's never too late. I mean, we started when our kids were babies, which has helped. It was really hard then. But we told ourselves we are training both ourselves to do it because it's when you have kids, as you know, it's really easy to just stay, you know, stay close to home and and not go out because it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you start young, so if you have young kids, start. It's never too start, soon to start. You're really building habits for yourself and for them later. But if at any age, you can just start to incorporate that into your daily life. So, um, you know, after school, go outside for a walk, for a family walk, take a hike, get on your bikes. Yeah. Um, you know, just start small and make it a habit. Yeah. And I feel like some of these things are, uh, there's so much fear around them and, and it's a, a real stretch for, for people. And, and, you know, different people have different things that they focus on, like 
for us and my family, we we travel and we've traveled with babies, mm, you know, oh, overseas because I have family overseas. Mm-hmm. And, and so we just had to. And we're just like, that's just what we do. Right. And I talk to other people and they're like, oh, that's, you know, that's horrifying. Like yeah. taking a baby on an airplane for eight hours, like never. And so it's it's all a matter of like what we're used to and what how we can stretch ourselves to uh to, to be a little bit more adventurous. Right, exactly. And I think that it's just so good for the kids because it shows them, I mean, for your kids, probably it's just normal for them to do long flights and they've been doing it since they were little. Yeah, they pack themselves now yeah. and every, like it's just very normal. Yeah. And I think the message is though, if you haven't been doing that, you know, don't worry, you can still start to have, right, to incorporate more outdoor time, more unstructured free play in nature. Yeah, I think that's really important, the unstructured mm-hmm. aspect, because we do tend to structure every, like, overstructure, even if we are outside, right? Like, mm-hmm. very monitored time. And right. so giving kids that sort of playtime when there there's no one really watching them right like you're not putting them in an unsafe situation necessarily but you know they they have that freedom they have that freedom and i think that that's a you know what you you said earlier that people are reluctant like and because there's fewer kids out there doing that then it feels less safe to have your kid do that, right? Um, but it's just sort of training. It is training ourselves as much as teaching them. And so our kids walk to and from school, and that's just been over several years of just me going with them. And and now they do it themselves. And and I'll, and and training ourselves as much as them is so key mm-hmm. because I think that's. That's the story of parenting. Yeah. Right. It it's really like is. it's the biggest personal development journey uh becoming a parent. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's you can have a lot of fear. And I write about that in my book that, you know, after my father died and my my daughter, my second daughter was an infant, I went into this period of acute anxiety um, where I thought I was dying or I was afraid they would die. And so I know the fear, right? I was in it pretty deep for about 18 months and and it still, you know, comes and goes. But I think um I think you just have to go forward anyway and sort of acknowledge that the fear is there and not run from it, but sort of move toward it and um, just see, you know, build little by little, like the trust in yourself as a parent and in your children's capabilities, because kids are so much more capable than we give them credit for. Yeah, absolutely. And and talking about your book and, and that fear that came up, that it, it was very debilitating. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it was really almost irrational. Yes. If you look at it, the way you wrote about it, what helped you get through that? And did you know when you wrote the book that you were going to write about that? Um, Yeah. Well, so it it was precipitated by my father's illness. And so I had just given birth, as I mentioned, to my daughter, Maisie. And um, so it was sort of this mashup of postpartum, um, some PTSD, because my dad got sick so quickly and declined so rapidly. And um, a little bit of sort of midlife, right? I was in my late 30s where you're starting to realize, Oh, mortality is real and like, and it's going to, you know, it, I'm involved and, um, right. You've been uh, young for so long that you don't think it's going to happen to you. And, um, and so the anxiety was just very strong that I was, you know, I was afraid I was dying. And so I just sought 
help from a lot of sources in Santa Fe. Lots of natural healers like on every street corner and I'm an open person so I tried a lot of them and many, many helped. But the thing that really worked best for me because I've always been an active person was running into the wilderness and that time in nature Mm -hmm. um, was so healing to me. Mm. And that really was, um, that's the central theme of the book and and you say in, I think there's a little tagline that you are running to forget mm-hmm. and to remember. Yeah. And I love that. Can you talk about that? So running, you know, in the immediate sort of when my father was dying and I would fly back and forth from Santa Fe where I lived to Virginia where he lived, taking my baby because I was nursing, um, I would, you know, help around the farm with my dad and stepmom. And then I would go out for a run just to get out of the house because it felt so heavy there. And so when I was running then, I was running to forget that he was sick and that to forget my sadness because it was so pervasive. But then as I ran, I found that I was also remembering and sort of peeling back the layers of my childhood and my relationship with my father, which was so formative to me. Um, he was a National Geographic photographer and had this incredible both spirit and interest in, you know, a kind of a wanderlust, but also an artist sensibility. Mm-hmm. And so he really taught me how to see the world as a as a close observer, which is what you need in photography, but you certainly need it as a writer. And from a very young age, I knew I wanted to be a writer. And so he um, inspired me as in many ways of how to be, keep your eyes open in the world for those moments that come and that you want to capture. And so I was always close to my father and and after, you know, during his illness and after he died, I learned many things about him that I hadn't known. And so that was this act of of learning about him, but also sort of remembering my childhood. And Mm. some of it was quite painful because I learned things that I hadn't known. And um, but it was it in many ways, I know him better now. Right yeah. than I did when he was alive, which is sort of special. Mm. Okay, I'm speaking with Katie Arnold, author of a beautiful, beautifully written memoir, Running Home, and we'll be right back. I'm so thankful for support from Natural Awakenings Magazine in New Mexico, a monthly green, healthy lifestyle publication, and for support from High Desert Yoga, promoting optimum physical health, clarity of mind, and spiritual inspiration for all. Many of you have followed my journey from consulting to women's leadership and empowerment, starting a nonprofit, raising two kids and everything in between. I've really taken some time this year to focus in on where I can help the most women with their own desire to create social impact and also a good income for themselves and their families. As my consulting and coaching practice is growing, I found that one of my favorite things to do is the free discovery sessions. I love hearing about people's passions for the work they do, sharing what I do, and helping people understand what my hybrid consulting coaching is all about. Hint, hint, serious strategy plus spacious mindset. So if you find yourself worrying about whether you'll ever make it in the thing you're pursuing or waking up in the middle of the night anxious about money, lacking energy you need to get everything done or procrastinating on moving forward with projects and tasks, or even if you're in a leadership role, but you're second guessing yourself and not getting things done, I'd love to talk to you. These conversations help me get clear on how I can help more leaders create the impacts and income they want so they can start living with ease and joy. Plus, you'll get a free hour with me to get crystal clear on what you want to create for your company or organization and your life. 
and what's been holding you back. So if you're interested, you can book a call at wellwomanlife.com slash learn more. Okay, I'm back on the show with Katie Arnold, author of Running Home, and we're headed into the segment called Superpowers for Success. So I'm going to ask you a few quick questions here. What does success in life mean to you, Katie? Oh, success... I think means doing what you love and what moves you, literally, like what is makes you inspired to get out the door and do do something um, and being present. So really being in the moment and paying attention and sort of not always rushing ahead to the next thing. But And I say that in terms of really with my parenting, that's my ultimate goal. I feel that our children are young for such a short time, just want to be aware of it and awake to their, to their childhood and my life as a mother. Yeah, you know that, that there's such a thing about like how fast it goes, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's like, oh, it just yeah. goes so fast. How how are they already, you know, that age? Know. And it really does take slowing down and dropping into awareness and being with them. And I I, I think, and I I don't know because I've I'm in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have an eight and a ten year old, and I'm I'm doing it, and I don't have the history yet to look mm-hmm. back and see if this works. But I that's what I'm trying. I'm trying to be really aware and mindful of my time with them. Yeah, because I think that creates those moments of real connection and memory, so yes. that you don't get to five, 10 years from now and and you're like, what happened? Right, exactly. And I think just going back to your question about success, that being present, that really translate not not just to parenthood, but to my life as a writer. I think that leads to success. I mean, I think I do my best writing when I'm not writing for a specific end goal in mind, but I'm just sinking into the moment, into the words and the ideas that are right inside of me now. Okay, when did you know you were really good at what you do? I mean, I've always been a, a runner and a writer. I mean, since I was, the, the cover photo of my book is me at about eight years old. And that was really when I knew that I wanted to be a writer and that I had discovered this part of me that was a runner. And so from a very, very young age, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I think that we don't know our gifts. I think, you know, at the time it takes some, you know, hindsight and looking back. I think I knew early that I had a gift for running and I would race sporadically and do well usually. I didn't go down that competitive route as a child or even a teenager. It wasn't until I was in my 20s and 30s. Okay. And in the book, you described the first race that you mm-hmm. ran and, and it was a little bit of a haphazard yeah. situation. It <laughs> sounded like your dad was just like, okay, girls, here yeah. we go. And you went and ran this race. So when you say you knew that young that you wanted to be a writer and a runner, how did you get that message? Was it a feeling inside or? Yeah, it was a feeling. I mean, that race you're describing was a 10 kilometer or six mile race. And, you know, my dad was not an athlete and he wasn't trying to make us athletes. He just, you know, he was kind of an explorer and he just had this great idea. Let's try this thing, this race. And, you know, we finished probably last, my sister and I that day. But what I got from that day was that feeling of um, accomplishment when you stick with something that's hard, when you persevere, when there's a little bit of suffering and you stick with it. And I really, from that point on, saw that I had this inner strength and I had done something I didn't think possible. And that really carries over to everything, you know, to to my life as a writer. And um, it certainly applies to parenting, right? There's some days when you think, I just can't get through this. And running has taught me just, you know, stick it out. Yeah. I love that. I love the story of finding your inner strength because we talk about that a lot on the Well Woman Show and how that 
happens for someone. So Katie, can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your overall well-being so that you can be the runner and the writer and the mom that you are? Well, I think I have several, but you know, obviously one of them is just moving and and being outside in nature, moving my body every day or most every day because that will set me up for success each day. And it's not just about doing a workout, a training, right? Because I am running and competing in in high level races, but it's just it's like it could be as simple as just walking with my kids to school, walking the dog. So it's being out in outside and also paying attention. And part of, you know, my day Daily habit is to write and don't just mean on deadline for stories, but I have a notebook that I keep and I'll write things that I've noticed or ideas that I have and they don't have to be for anything. I don't have to know what they're for, but it's just about being present in my life and being awake in the Mm. world. Okay. And what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? I think it's listening to my intuition, right? And I I learned that we all have that as kids. We have that hunch or we're more attuned to our inner voice when we're kids because we don't have so much noise from the outside. Although I think that's probably changing for these kids who are, you know, on screens younger and younger. But as we grow, we lose that connection with that intuition. And I've just been able to listen to that and hear it. And it has always led me in the right direction. And oftentimes that's the signal that Mm. that's the voice you should listen to. That's the knowing. That's the knowing when you kind of can't explain it. And there's this moment in running home where a scene where I'm sort of filling up my water bottle to go out for like a long, very long training run. And my husband, who's amazing and we give each other lots of freedom and he really understands my need for the outdoors. But he even said to me, he said, what is all this running for? You know, he was getting a little impatient because I'd be gone like six hours running. And I just turned to him and I said, I don't know, but I know that it's more than about running. And that's that inner voice, right? Because running to heal myself from that anxiety did not make a lot of sense. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was running into the wilderness. I was afraid I was dying. And yet I was putting myself out there every day, you know, in remote places. But I knew I just had that that hunch that it was taking me somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's okay not to know where you're going or where you'll end up or why. But if you hear that voice inside that's persistent, that's like, hey, try this. That's the voice to listen to. Yeah, intuition is a big uh, part of the well woman life cycle that we work with here. We're being given, like we have this knowing all mm-hmm. the time where we, we have do. these messages and this voice. It's a matter of uh, being still enough to mm-hmm. hear it, first of all, but then also to listen to it and take action based on what you hear, right? So right. There's these different steps. And if you aren't in tune or aligned with that, you, you can miss really important information. Definitely. And what you think is the straight path might be the dead end and the detours that are sort of the intuitive voice coming in might be the real path. And so I agree that it's we need that stillness. And so one of the other habits that I have is sitting meditation. And I don't do it very long each day. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I have far more stamina for running than I do for sitting. Mm -hmm. But those moments when you can get quiet and you don't even have to sit still, like on my walks, it's the same thing. It's just it's a quiet state of mind and you can hear 
you know, that voice more clearly than when you're on your computer or we all walk around with our phones all the time. And it's really hard to hear that voice when you're on a screen. You were not always a sitter or Mm -mm. like a meditator Mm -hmm. on a cushion. I know that it was a little bit of a struggle for Mm -hmm. you. And you actually had a a walking partner or running partner, Mm -hmm. Natalie Goldberg, who helped you through that. Can you talk briefly about that? So while running was sort of my biggest way through healing, um, I was lucky enough to meet Natalie. Natalie Goldberg, who is um, a Zen teacher and a writing teacher, and she's written 15 books, and her most famous one is Writing Down the Bones. So she's, you know, quite the 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 figure and the guru on that. And we met um, just serendipitously, and I signed up for one of her workshops, and it started on the day that I learned my dad had cancer. And so talk about a, just a coincidence and a convergence, but we became friends. That fall that my father was dying, we would hike once a week. And Natalie would sort of just relay some of these ideas about mindfulness and meditation, but never, you know, foisting them on me. She wanted me to teach her about hiking up mountains. Mm. And I sort of wanted her to teach me about meditation. So we both, you know, we we both learn from the other. And I just would start very small. She taught me walking meditation one time when we were hiking down the mountain. And I thought it was the slowest. I mean, I was like, I can't believe she's still on her feet. Like, hasn't she fallen over? She's moving so slowly. <laughs> but I just absorbed it over a long period of time. And that the other thing other than intuition is patience, right? Is to just let things work on the inside in you, right? And so I didn't go from meeting Natalie to trying to sit for, you know, an hour a day, right? I just took it in slowly. I was patient. Mm -hmm. I knew I had that knowing that if I was you know, that stuff was working on the inside, even if you didn't have immediate results. And I would sit and I've, you know, I learned to sit five or 10 minutes a day. And it's only now. So, you know, I met Natalie 10 years ago, my father died almost 10 years ago. It's only now that I'm starting to sit for longer and longer. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. things take their own time. And I think that, you know, your intuition can help you trust the and, pace of things. Right. And a lot of us high achievers, we we can tend to go straight from like idea yeah, to action. Exactly. And like, let's get this done. And we we don't do that. We don't let ourselves just kind of linger yeah. in in the moment. And that's where you hear, you know, your inner knowing and, and all of that. So this is a great message for slowing things down. Even if you're a high achiever, it doesn't mean that you, you know, that you won't accomplish your goals. In fact, you might accomplish them faster. It's part of or, the process, right? And those, and I write about this in the book that when, you, when you're in what feels like an eddy or a lull or where you're not sure where you're going and it feels like you're not making forward progress, that's actually some of the most fruitful generative time. It just doesn't feel that. That way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all this time that I was sort of grieving and anxiety, things in me were building. And what was happening was that I was writing this book. And you had asked me earlier, did I know that I was writing the book? And I didn't know for years that what I was doing when I was writing in my notebooks about my grief and losing my father and when I was sort of discovering all this incredible material he'd left behind. And then I would go run. And when I would run, I would sort of, I would make connections in my story. I had no idea I was writing the book. Mm-hmm. And it just emerged on its own, but not because I was passive. I mean, it's there's a difference, right? You you want to make steady effort every day, but you don't have to see the end result because right. that's where the magic is when you're making that effort on your own behalf or for something you believe in and not fixed on a result. Then you're so much more creative, yeah. right? And you're free to sort of tap into your true expression. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so a couple more quick questions. We're right at the end here. What advice would 
would you give your 25 or 30 year old self? I think it would be to worry less, worry less, but also just, you know, trust your own voice. Um, I was working then and as a writer and I felt like I had to have a certain voice, right, to match the publication where I worked, which was overwhelmingly male. And I look back and, you know, I, I love the writing I did then, but I would just say, trust your own voice and, and, and be that, you know, right in that voice. Mm. And don't worry so much because you're on the right path. I love that. Okay, Katie, do you identify as a feminist? I do. Yeah, I do. What does that mean for you? That just means, oh gosh, it means so many things, but it means really living the life that is inside of you and being your own best advocate and being a role model for my daughters, for sure, about like taking the time I need for myself and not necessarily having to fit into society's sort of model for what a woman or a mother should be. I mean, I'm, pr- I- I'm pretty unconventional. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what how I define myself as a feminist that yeah. to make my own way. Okay, last question for you. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? I just finished this fantastic book, Where the Crawdads Sing. Mm -hmm. And it's a portrait of a, it's fiction, and it's a portrait of a girl who lives in the marsh, low low country of North Carolina. And it's a fantastic um, story about when you live so close to your environment and you have that intimate relationship with your world and your natural world. And um, I also have a stack of Zen books on my nightstand that I'm reading because I'm sort of deepening my practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm reading Ann Patchett's new novel, The Dutch House. I love her. Awesome. Okay. Katie Arnold, author of Running Home. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. It was fun. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our community. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week. So be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.